my thing is when I get like into an idea or into a goal, I tunnel vision myself. Like I will literally tunnel vision myself towards that goal. I will put the blinders on and just go for it to the point where I will look up six months later and be like, where the hell am I? Hello, 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 and welcome to the Wholehearted Glow podcast. I'm your host, Blaze Collette, and I am really excited that you're here with me. Right now, I am just sitting right off my balcony here in Miami, staring at the after effects of the sunrise, and the light is just coming up through the clouds. I can see the water. It's so beautiful. And, you know, this morning, I just found myself waking up, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you where it's like, instead of focusing on all of the things that you've accomplished or the things that you've done in your life, you pull yourself into that one thing that just like hasn't happened for you yet. So for me, like I had this moment this morning where I was thinking to myself, oh my God, like why am I still single? You know, like I, I haven't really, well, basically I have just recently started dating again after being in a long-term relationship um, and then getting out of that and then not really dating at all, doing a lot of personal work, a lot of self-work on just figuring out what I need. But anyways, I was basically laying in bed and I like opened my window up a little bit and I was looking outside at the high rises and the lights and I was just like, wow, like you're a fucking idiot and you're not doing anything right and you're still single and there's no one there for you. And that's kind of the limiting belief that I have about my personal life. And this podcast actually today, we're not really going to be talking much about that. We're actually going to be talking about work, but I just wanted to share that with you because I was having this moment where I was thinking to myself, God, like all these limiting beliefs. And then I was like, you know what? Why don't you just put this thing down, flip it and reverse it and find a way to be grateful for where you're at right now. And so then as I was looking out into the darkness, I saw the moon and it was just this tiny sliver crescent moon. And it was kind of facing like, it was like the bowl part of the moon, the bottom part. And then like the peaks, the rims of the crescent were pointing up and it was so beautiful and I just saw that and then I was like, you know what? Just take a moment and count your blessings. And so I really just took a step back and I started thinking about all these things I'm grateful for and this whole life that I've created and business that I've created, that's exactly what I've always dreamed of. And I just think sometimes I can get so caught up in the one thing or the two things that I don't have. You know, of course there is the personal aspect, but it can go into your business or it can go into your friendships or it can go into your body, whatever it may be. Um, and then we get so little time left to enjoy where we're at. And I just wanted to give you that as like a little reminder that it's really important that we stop exactly where we're at and we look at the steps that we've taken to get to that point. And once we've gotten there, instead of just wishing and hoping and pushing for more, we appreciate what we have. So today I want to share with you a really cool topic. I'm just going to give you some points that hopefully are helpful for you. And these points are on how to find balance and overcome workaholic tendencies. And I'm going to give you 10 of them. So the reason I wanted to create this podcast for you is because I personally am a like recovering workaholic. Well, not really, but... um. I just really love my work. And so it's one of those things where I can both lose myself and find myself in my work. And it's been a really hard balance and it's been a really hard line to draw over the past few years as my business has grown. I'm now training and coaching completely online, which is awesome. And I'm really grateful for that. But, you know, before that, I was running a business within a gym and completely doing that. 
And that was really challenging too. I learned a lot there. And just being in the fitness and the wellness world, I think that as coaches and trainers, we preach all of this like balance and finding ways to slow down and to recharge and to fill our cup. But I personally was kind of saying that I was doing all of those things for a while, but in reality, I was not. I was completely burnt out and it was a really hard experience. I think I actually also dealt with some short-term memory loss as a result of that because I was working so hard that I couldn't really keep everything straight in my head because I just would look at my calendar the night before of all the things that I had to do and I would just get so overwhelmed and it was just so hard to keep perfect track of everything and I slept. Um, I was definitely taking care of myself in regards to sleep, but it wasn't enough. I mean, it was to the point where like I would be going to bed at eight or nine o'clock, waking up at four or five in the morning and just feeling so exhausted waking up. And that is not a good feeling. Um, I remember waking up and thinking to myself, all right, like if I could get four more days of sleep, I would be good that's a sign that maybe you've gone a little bit overboard in regards to working too hard. And let me give you a little backstory. The reason that I actually did this and I was like completely burning myself out because I'm such an all or nothing person and I'm working on being less like that, but um, was because I had this goal that I was going to work hard for two years in Miami as a trainer and a coach, which I did. And then after those two years, I was going to go on a world tour, aka travel the world for a year um, with the money that I had saved. And uh, or into a goal, I tunnel vision myself. Like I will literally tunnel vision myself towards that goal. I will put the blinders on and just go for it to the point where I will look up six months later and be like, where the hell am I? What has just gone on these last six months? Because I was pushing so hard towards my goal that I didn't even see all of these other things happening. I didn't even see my body deteriorating or my stress level deteriorating or the over excess amount of pressure that I was putting on myself. I didn't even feel that because I was so tunnel vision towards my goal. Well, then COVID hit and I was supposed to be going on my trip in June. I'm pushing it back to December 31st and I'm still going to be working remote, which is great. So it's pretty much best case scenario. But when it happened in June, the idea that I, well, not the idea, the fact that I couldn't go, I was thinking to myself, well, uh, now what? <laughs> I was not anticipating this space in between my dreams, I should call it. It's kind of like I did everything I could and really established myself in the fitness community in Miami and I was feeling really grateful for that. And then I was like, well, then I'm just gonna do that. I'm gonna get to my peak. I got top 50 in the company that I used to work for, Equinox, um, as a personal trainer. And then I was like, I'm just gonna quit and then I'm just gonna jump right into this next thing, which is traveling the world. Well, the universe had other plans and, you know, Ultimately, I'm really grateful for COVID and the quarantine, and I know that there have been a lot of challenges that have come with that, and I'm not bypassing any of those challenges because I have had plenty, but what it's really done for me is just held up this big mirror of me being able to look at me and to figure out what was working in my life, what wasn't working in my life, what dreams and goals I had accomplished and what things I was ready to finally let go of and what things I wanted to work towards in the future. So today we're going to be getting into how we can kind of prevent these workaholic type modes or this workaholic mentality in order to create more balance in life. And I think this is a journey that everyone has to go on themselves. But I really think it's important. I mean, like I said, I really was pushing it to the brink and there was a lot of repercussions from that that I'm still dealing with. I remember being so burnt out that the thought of going into the gym that I worked at 
made me want to throw up. Like it, it created a visceral response in my body, which is a response that the body is telling you there's too much stress there. There's too much pressure there. Don't go there. And instead I was doing that day in and day out, day in and day out, day in and day out. And that really affected me. Um, so let's go ahead and get right into it. Number one kind of piggybacks off of piggybacks, LOL. Um, Number one just really goes off of what we're what I was basically just speaking on, but this is a baseline concept that I want you to think about when it comes to overcoming any workaholic tendencies, whether it be for a company you work for or for your own business, right? This applies to both, um, but specifically speaking within the entrepreneur space and the coaching space and just anyone who is running their own show, right? So... It is the cup cannot overflow when it is draining. <laughs> and it seems like something that's so simple. And like, I used to think that that was a load of bullshit. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I always have energy. I can always give more. I can always give more. Well, the issue with giving more is that, well, okay, there are a few schools of thought on this. And number one is I think there's a lot of guilt associated with not putting forth enough effort because for me, it's like when I care about something and I'm passionate about something, I will give until I'm like blue in the face, right? Because it's like, I just feel that it's something I need to do and it's something I need to do to serve others. And it's really important that I get that done. However, there is this energetic balance that comes with allowing yourself that time and space to recharge, refuel, and refill. And so you might think that you can just continuously pour out, but what you'll eventually find is that if you don't recharge, you're going to be giving from a place that's inauthentic. And I've been there because I've been so exhausted that I'm like, I can't even think about training this next client or coaching this next client because... I have a million more that I need to take care of and I have all these things on my to-do list and I don't even have time to sit and meditate. Like, I don't even have time to cook my own food. Like, do you know what I mean? And you have to find out like what that energetic balance looks like for you. So for me, it was this big decision that I wasn't going to work splits. So I was like, I'm not going to work at 5 a.m. and then also work at 7 p.m. Like I just can't do it. So for me, I pretty much end my workday at 3 or 4 p.m. at the very latest in regards to training. Now, if I have admin work or like computer work I need to do that's lower intensity, I'll do that that in the afternoon, but I had to set that boundary for myself so that I could energetically create more of a balance between what I'm outputting and what I'm inputting. And so I want you to think about that in regards to whatever you're doing. And also, how can you take that same concept of like filling up your cup so that you can then fill others. How can you allow yourself some space to receive? Now, I'm speaking specifically to anyone who is kind of in this vein of what we've been speaking on, which is like over, over giving. Sometimes people, when we overgive, we aren't giving any space to just receive anything from the world, the universe, the people around us, um, a romantic partner, whatever it may be, because we're just pushing, pushing, pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. So I really want you to think about that. Okay. Number two, know your why in regards to why you do what you do and live it out every day so that you don't feel completely off. Right. And this is important in regards to creating some sort of work life balance, because now we're getting into the topic of alignment and alignment is sometimes I feel like a played out word, but it's one of those words where, or words, I guess more, I should say concepts that when something isn't flowing in your life, it's like a river, right? Automatically there's a dam in the middle and you're just like, what the fuck? Everything feels so off. I've talking, spoken about this before, but a great example is when I was a nanny um, because it was so out of alignment with anything I wanted, any of my goals, any of my passions. And every day I would just wake up and have this like horrible feeling in my stomach. Um, 
And I felt off every day. Like I just felt so out of control. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't feel good. I feel really just off, right? So when you know your why as it regards to why you're doing what you're doing, it makes it easier to get into a state of flow within your entire life, which then makes it easier for you to create balance, right? So for me, my why is tied to wanting to help others live their lives authentically in a way that feels good for them, that's strong, sustainable, and very healthy. That's my why. And it's developed over the past few years and I always have to come back to it every few months or every few weeks if I start to feel non-grounded. But because I have that why, it flows into every single thing I do, right? So then it makes my self-care that much more important because I understand that I need to be taking care of myself, keeping my fitness on point, keeping my nutrition on point, my sleep on point so that I can help others to do the same. So really start to think about maybe take out a pen and just write out like, what's your why? Why are you doing what you're doing? If you're working a job, why are you working that job? If you are not working right now and you're a student, okay, well, why are you studying what you're studying? If you're taking time off right now, why are you doing that? And then build out the structure of your day based on your why, right? Even if you're doing something that doesn't feel like it's completely in alignment, a lot of times there's a big reason why you're doing it. And so thinking about why, I think that's so important. And then when we connect that into what we call our dharma, which is your life's purpose, and this is something that you learn about if you do any type of like yoga training. Um, I learned it in my 200-hour course, but it's just your life's purpose that thing that feels so right to you and feels so just so much like something that you're called to do. Um, when you start to listen to that call, everything just starts to flow very simply, very easily. There's not a lot of resistance. Uh, business just kind of comes to you. Ideas come to you. You're feeling creative. And, you know, sometimes it can take time to get to that point. But if you keep listening to that deeper within voice or knowledge or wisdom that's inside you, a lot of times that can bring you some glimpse of what your dharma may be. And then you can really know your why in a deeper way. So that's number two. Uh, number three is work backwards from your goals, either financially or lifestyle. And I want to talk about both because I think that lifestyle is an important one. Like I used to think, okay, well, if there's this much money in the bank account, then I can just do whatever I want and I'll just use the money in the bank account, right? Okay, but we need to think about the lifestyle behind it because the idea is, is that we want to create a life that we enjoy living. So we don't want to create this life that we have to escape from. And that's kind of like what I would do if I was falling into these workaholic tendencies, right? Is I would like just say, oh, okay, well, you know, if I work, 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 then I can take like 10 days off. It's like, no, well, you have to create a life that feels balanced. So what that looks like and what I'll do is I'll blueprint every few months where I'll just go onto my Google Docs and I'll write out like, okay, Blaze, like, what do you want your day to look like? Okay, you want to wake up, you want to teach a yoga class, then you want to go, you know, lift weights for an hour and then you want to train four clients and then you want to work on business stuff and creativity, singing, podcasting, um, collaborating with others, whatever it may be. And then you want to have a really healthy meal, watch the sunset, go to the beach, relax, and you know, then go to bed at nine o'clock, right? And so if you give yourself a little bit more time to create that blueprint, and that's something that I did that the other day just to reset kind of where I was at and where I wanted to be with my everyday lifestyle. I did that in like 10 minutes. I mean, it's taken a lot of refinement of understanding the things that I like and don't like. But my point being, it's important for you to think to yourself, well, 
what's important to me and what matters to me on a daily basis. Do my workouts matter more than time with friends? Does time with you know my romantic partner matter more than time with friends? How much time do I want to spend with my family? How many hours a day do I want to work? And you know, how do I want to feel at the end of the day? Do I want time for recreation? I think these are really important questions you need to ask yourself when you're thinking about your work-life balance so that you can have a lifestyle that feels really good to you specifically, right? And then we can also think about that in regards to your financial goals. So this is something that me and one of my colleagues do. We work backwards from the financial goal that we're looking to achieve for the month. So let's say you want to make X amount of money per month. You need to blueprint that as well and figure out what that looks like for you. Because if, I mean, this is more for the entrepreneurial space or for someone who is creating their own income, you can talk about wanting to create, you know, like I want to make a lot of money. All right. Well, how much money do you want to make? How much money do you want to make in, let's say a 30 day cycle, or let's say a bi on a biweekly basis, twice per uh, month. And how do you want to go about doing that? Right. Do you want to be working for um, an hourly pay? Do you want to be working for a lump sum? When do you want to be processing your payments? How much are you going to want to be charging? What types of services are you offering? Is your income diversified? Meaning do you have multiple people that are providing income? Let's say if they're clients or let's say if they're services, or do you have multiple jobs? work backwards from that number. So if you decide it's X amount, then that means, okay, well, how many hours per week do you need to work? At what rate do you need to be at? Or at what amount do you need to be at for, let's say, some sort of package or product that you're selling? And then how can you make sure that you're doing that, right? That's a great way to cap yourself and to not over, 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 over exert in the sense of, taking on way more than you think you can take on because you're coming from this like lack place of not really knowing how much money you want to make or feeling like whatever you make isn't going to be enough. Trust me, I've been there. So really take that time to work backwards from your goals, both lifestyle, what you want your life to feel like, and also financially what you want your income to be super important. Okay. The next one, number four, know your time cap per day in regards to your productivity and your workload. This is a big one. And I feel that it varies person to person because I have friends that are nurses. My brother is also a nurse as well. They're like, yeah, I work 12 hours a day. It's great. I work for three days and then I'm off for like four to five days. And I'm like, that sounds great for you, but for me personally, that would make me absolutely nuts. Why? Because I have worked 12 hours a day. I have worked 13 or 14 or 15 hours a day, and it made me absolutely insane. But granted, I also never took any days off. <laughs> so my point being, you got to know what your cap is. And this one takes a little bit of time, but it's really important if you don't want to get burnt out in whatever it is you're doing. Now, you might say to me, well, that's great, Blaze, but I have to work eight hours a day. It's like, okay, well, what are you doing? And why do you have to work eight hours a day? And who is telling you that that's something that needs to be done? Because it's like, if you're working in a job that you hate anyways, and there's something you would rather be doing, wouldn't it be more beneficial to go into that thing that you would rather be doing and set your own hours? I mean, it's something to think about. It's something to consider. Now, let's say you don't even have that option. Know still what your cap is in regards to how much time you can actually be productive per day, right? Because for me, I am very ADHD and I know that I have like a three hour cap on the amount of time per day that I can like sit down, buckle down and really focus. In regards to my work, I can work eh, between four and eight hours. I really don't want to work eight hours per day because I've done it and I just, it makes me absolutely so burnt out. So I personally cap at between four and six working sessions per day. And I'm trying to lower that down even more um, and focus more on just scaling business. But I think that it's important to discover what that cap looks like for you. That way you can do what's called 
setting a boundary and say to yourself, okay, well, I can't take any more people that day, or I can't do any more hours or meetings that day. You know why? Because I have a cap on how much time I'm allowing myself to be working or being productive or being on meetings or being on Zoom calls, right? It's like, if we don't have any boundaries or standards for ourselves, what are we holding ourselves to? Nothing. And then how do we fall apart? Well, we can fall apart very easily because we are not setting in place these ways to check in with ourselves in order to create balance and to avoid that burnout. So really knowing your cap in regards to your productivity and how much work you're trying to put onto yourself or to your company or to your business or to the people you work with on a daily basis. Okay. Number five, recognize the signs of burnout. Oh my gosh. If I could just star highlight an exclamation point, this one, I totally would. You have to understand when shit is starting to hit the fan. Do you know what I mean? For me, it was like I talked about at the beginning of this episode. It was like waking up at 4 a.m. and thinking, if I get four more days of sleep, I'll be good. It was riding my bike when I was training for an Ironman, which like granted that was absolutely insane and I'm glad I did it, but also like it was insane. Um, and riding my bike and just thinking, oh my gosh, if only I could sleep while I was riding my bike, that would be so amazing. Or um, being under such an intense amount of stress that my stomach constantly felt like it was like falling out, you know, like that gut feeling that's just so uncomfortable and so like visceral and feels just like, ah, like I'm so stressed. Um, I'm trying to think of other really intense signs. Oh yeah. The short-term memory loss was a big one. Just like having so much on my plate that I couldn't keep everything straight. That was really challenging. Um, I also uh, went through this thing called talk fatigue, which is basically when you're coaching and like having to speak in a specific vocal inflection for long periods of time, aka eight to 10 hours a day, I was unable to speak. My throat was hurting so badly that I couldn't talk. Um, that was really bad. Um, needing to go to bed at 7 p.m. <laughs> that was really intense. And yeah, just looking at my to-do list and being so overwhelmed instead of excited. That was another one, right? So it's like when you're starting to feel burnt out, the things that used to kind of excite you, they actually make you feel very overwhelmed very stressed out and just like, I would always just feel like, oh God, this is just too much pressure. It's too much pressure, right? Like, and the reality is, is a lot of the pressure was basically all pressure that I had been putting on myself and it was not cool. Like I should not have put myself under such a high, high, high stress load because there was so many after effects of that. Another one was my skin. Like I was constantly breaking out. Um, and my wrinkles were showing a lot more when I was stressed, which is kind of crazy. I was looking back at pictures from like eight months ago and I was like, who was this girl? Like she was tired. Like this bitch was tired. Like, yes, I was. Um, and yeah. And then also looking at in regards to just recognizing signs, like, are you feeling addicted to like the feeling of burnout? That was another one. Like I was kind of like riding this high of like loving being drained, which is super fucked up. But I feel like it was like my body's attempt at like pulling from a reserve because I had nothing left. So really like stomping down and maybe even just thinking about today when you're listening, like, okay, am I burnt out today? Or like, are there signs that my body or my mind or my soul are telling me that I should really like tap into and understand if I need to pull it back or take a step back? I think that is super, super important. So just know the signs. Okay, number six. Um, I really like this one. So have a morning and an evening routine that have nothing to do with your work. So 
This is hard, right? Because sometimes our days are oriented more towards the morning, depending on your job, and sometimes they're oriented more <laughs> towards the evening, right? Um, and so sometimes I feel like having both a morning and an evening routine is like such a luxury because I don't have both. It's like I either have one or the other. My evening routine, I feel like is more set in stone than my morning, but I'm working on creating more of a morning one. So you know, let's say it's 15 minutes, right? In the morning. Okay. So right now I'm working on not checking my IG before 8am. Huge challenge, but definitely worth trying it. Highly recommend. So just waking up, looking at the sun. I personally, I don't have time to meditate in the morning. I did this morning, but that was a rare morning because I had a cancellation. Normally I work in the mornings at like 6am. So what I've been doing is waking up around 520, 5.30, um, getting out of bed, putting my clothes on, then going to my coffee machine, putting the coffee in the coffee maker, um, coming back into my room, making my bed, super important, and then just having a little bit of time eating my breakfast, which I've spoken on in the last podcast. I spoke about like the foods that I like to eat and the things that I find fuel me and make me feel really good. Um, so yeah, eating my breakfast and then spending a few minutes just reading, um, keeping the lighting nice and dim and relaxed, and then starting my day. You know, that's something that it's not super intense. It's not a five-hour morning routine. Oh, I also love drinking two glasses of water before I do anything for the day, so highly recommend. But it's something that feels good for me. It feels like a ritual. Um, and also, yeah, it's just super important to give yourself some sort of ritual in the morning, whether it be five minutes long or 50 minutes long, right? Like I could do everything from like, you know, on a leisurely Sunday, like, okay, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to have coffee. I'm going to drink water. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to write a gratitude list. I'm going to talk about my, you know, like all of these things, right? But sometimes we have to think about the day to day. And then at night, I really like to start winding down around 8 or 9 p.m. And I'll just maybe have a tea and think about kind of the things I have to do for the next day, which I know I'm not supposed to be thinking or doing anything that has to do with work. Um, I'll take a shower. I'll put on a mask, brush my teeth, just maybe do a few stretches, lay in bed with my salt lamp on, read a book. I mean, these are just simple things, but I've carved that time out. And I think that is really, really important. So think about a few self-care practices that just feel good to you that aren't toxic, right? Like talking to that shitty guy or girl that you know you shouldn't be talking to at night because you're feeling weak, right? Or eating late at night because you're feeling lonely or emotional or scrolling on Instagram because you want some sort of stimulation of human connection or simulation, I should say, of human connection. Um, you know, avoiding the toxic habits and replacing them with things that feel good can be challenging at first, but it's so worth it because it does feel good to have a routine that is just nice and grounding and relaxing. And it helps you open and close your day in a way that feels balanced so that you can really deal with whatever comes your way throughout the course of the day. So there's that one. That's number six. Number seven, put a barrier between yourself and your business, whether it be your calendar, your assistant, or some sort of email address, if it's a company you work for or your own email, in which your clients, your customers, or the people that are buying your product and service can reach you. And this is something I only did recently and I wish I would have done sooner, but just having some way to create a boundary in which you're not accessible 24 hours a day. And I think that sometimes when we're starting our own business or even when we're working and we're like working for some company, right? Like we want to be there every hour of the day, doing every single thing, responding to every single email, every text, every DM. And it's like, okay, but how many times am I going to be pulled today? How many times am I going to be pulled in this direction or roped over here or, you know, be putting out this fire over here? We have to create some sort of barrier so that when we're working, we're able to, number one, be productive. 
Number two, feel like we're doing work that's actually good for whatever it is we're trying to achieve. And also number three, not feel like we're having to deal with all these ridiculously monotonous things that perhaps would be better served to be automated, outsourced, or assisted with. And I think sometimes when we're running our own show, whether it be within a company or within your business, like we want to do everything, but the reality is we cannot do everything on our own. And when we can allow some sort of barrier to be created between ourselves and our business, we're not as emotionally like pulled into every single thing that happens. And then we can have someone else that's kind of fielding through or some other mechanism that's fielding through things that are going on. It's like, okay, well, maybe you can't be reached by text for every single thing, but someone could reach out to you via email based on a concern that they have or something that they're looking to do or they need help with, whatever it may be. So really think about how can you create some sort of barrier or boundary? And it doesn't have to be you being a bitch. And I think this is where we get into kind of like gender norms within business and gender norms within like running your own show, right? Because it's like a lot of times I've known plenty of men that I've worked with that have assistants, that have people that help them, that have emails and all these different things. And I don't think anything of it, but sometimes it's like when I have to forward people to my assistant, they're like, oh, like what? You mean like I can't talk to you about this? And it's like, no, we're bringing that to the assistant so that she can help you with whatever the thing is that you need help with because it's not my specialty. And if it's something that I don't need to do that doesn't require my skills, I'm not going to do it. Right. So learn how to release control off of everything that you want to grasp onto and have someone else or some other mechanism or software that is able to assist you. Super, super important. Number eight, find out how much time you need per day and per week and also per month to recharge your batteries. So this is really important when we kind of connect and link back into what kind of lifestyle we want to have because I think that it's easy to go out really, really strong in either your business or your job and not really think about the boundaries because you kind of just want to either impress your coworkers or you want to impress your clients or you want to make everyone happy, right? And sometimes the people pleaser can come out in this way, right? Because we kind of overexert and overstretch ourselves in order to meet everyone's needs. And we don't set any sort of boundary or time limit on what we need to recharge. So I want to give you an example. So when I first moved to Miami and I had, you know, no clients, no business, and I really wanted to pursue training full time, I didn't set any boundaries. Like for myself, I didn't set any kind of like idea in my head about how much time I needed to recharge. So I was just working from 5 a.m. at night or 5 a.m. in the morning, sorry, until like 8 p.m. at night. And it just didn't last very long, right? Because it's like, I think with our business and with our jobs, we need to play the long game. But our brain and our ego sometimes tell us like, just go short term, just like push hard now and then you can rest later, right? So how much time do you need per day? I'm going to tell you that I used to train up to 12 to 13 clients a day, which was just absolutely insane. And now I will not do more than six. Like it's just a hard line for me. If I see that there's more than six on my calendar that my assistant has booked, or I accidentally double booked myself, or I thought that I could do it, I will pull myself back in and say, Blaze, you need to regroup here. More than six per day is going to drain you more than fill your cup. And you're not going to be able to help others in the way that they need. So cap it right? Set that cap per day. And then um, we can progress that to the week, right? So then it's like, do you need one day off per week? Do you need two days? For me, I really only need one full day. And I think that's just because I'm so wired to always be working on Saturday mornings because that's just a very popular time to be training and doing sessions and like working on my business. 
But for you, like it depends, right? I mean, some people's jobs, they might tell me, well, Blaze, I can't work five hours a day. I have to work 12. Okay, well then what do your recovery days look like in your days off, right? Because if I'm working less hours per day, I might only need that one full day. But if you're working longer, perhaps based on whatever type of job you have or what type of business you're running, um, you might need, you know, two or three days off in a row. And I think it's important to really honor that. And then you can look at the even bigger picture and say, okay, well, how many days do I need per month? Right? So for me, what I like to do are mini vacations. And these have become a huge cornerstone of what works for me. And I've had to work really hard to get to the point where I can take off the time and go on the mini vacations. But for example, I just went to Mexico about a week and a half ago. It was amazing. Like I had an absolute blast. I worked about three hours per day. And then I think I had two full days off, but I was still able to, you know, connect to the local culture, meet new people, have a great time and just enjoy myself, right? I think sometimes we're just so busy running and what I heard the other day, someone called it like the wheel, right? Like we're just rolling in this wheel and it's like, well, when are we ever going to hop off the wheel and just like enjoy the fruits of our labor? And so that's really like the the root of this entire podcast episode. And that's why I'm sharing this with you because over the past, you know, 10 or 11 months, I've really stomped down and just thought to myself, like, how do I want to enjoy my life and what do I want to do? And for me, the mini vacations are important. Now you might be thinking, Blaze, I'm not going to Mexico, number one, because it's COVID. Number two, maybe that's just not in your reach right now. And that's okay, right? You could take a mini vacation to somewhere that's three or four hours away and be transported into a completely different reality. I mean, that's the coolest thing I think about just traveling in general, whether it be near or far, it forces us to expand our brains, to expand our minds, and to expand our perception so that when we come back to where we are, we have, you know, a greater appreciation. So I really challenge you to figure out how much time per day you need to recharge your batteries, incorporate your nightly and your morning routine into that. Then look at your week, decide how much time off you want to have per week. And then also per month or every few months, like, do you want to take five days off? Do you want to take six days off? What would that look like for you? And how could you create that? Because I think a lot of times too, this might be for anyone who's like, well, I work a nine to five okay, well now the entire world is basically remote. So is there any way that you could work two of those days remote and go on a trip and really enjoy yourself? You know, It's important to think outside the box. I think that our society just wants to put us in these categories, wants to put us in these boxes and makes us think that we're kind of trapped into this system. But I'm here to tell you, I have figured out a way to enjoy my life and also get to do what I love, right? And you deserve that too. Okay, number nine. This is huge. Eat well, always. That way your body is more in tune to what's happening around you and in your digestion and less susceptible to stress. So this is where consistency comes in and the one word consistency completely changed my life because I used to kind of go through these like up and downs with food and I recorded my last episode on how to change your body composition naturally and you should definitely listen to that if you're curious about more of the in-depth stuff about this in regards to just nutrition, in-depth analysis of food, the things you should eat, why you should eat them, and how to figure out the foods that work for you. So feel free to check that out. But eating well always, right? What does that mean to you? Does that mean that you always get a really good breakfast? Does that mean that you have a longer fast um, some days if that feels good for your body and your brain? Uh, Does that mean you eat a lot of vegetables? Really Take some time to really line up what your food boundaries are, what you're willing to sacrifice, and what's just non-negotiable for you, right? So like I've been traveling a lot and I have to really be mindful because when you're traveling or even at home or even at work, right? This is any scenario, but let's just talk about traveling. 
there's not all of the foods around that I'm used to having around. So I have to decide like, okay, what foods do I know that I need in my body to feel my best? And so when you know that, then you can search for and seek out those foods. And there's less of this like shame around, oh, well, you know, I was traveling, so I had to eat this cupcake for breakfast or whatever it may be, right? Like, I was in Montana and I knew I wanted to get an Airbnb. So I set a boundary for myself because I knew I wanted to have a kitchen that I could cook in so that I wouldn't be eating out every single time I was hungry. And you can set those boundaries too, right? I think sometimes we fall into the most traditional ways to do things like flight, hotel, rental car, but the world is changing. You don't have to land in a new location or even go to some sort of business meeting and not feel empowered in your food choices, right? Like you can bring your own food if you want. You can decide not to drink if you want. You're really in the driver's seat and you decide how you're going to eat well. And I think that's so important is empowering our own food choices, right? I had a client and she was like, well, you know, the lunch at school is just not that great because she works in a school. And I was like, okay, well, what can you prepare for yourself that's going to make you feel better and that's going to make your body feel good? So then she started packing her lunch, right? It's super simple, but I know that sometimes time can be limited and resources to the types of food you want can sometimes be limited because I do understand that it is an investment in your health to purchase really good food, but I have always just felt so good that I think it's really worth it. And this really translates into being less susceptible to stress, right? So if we eat well always, then we can understand what's going on in our body because we're like, oh, well, I ate this, I ate this. These are the things that I know work for me. These are the things that I've tried. These are the foods that don't work for me. And then when the stress comes in, right, because we have our nutrition dialed, we're not going to go chug a vodka soda or eat a pizza when you feel really stressed and it's late at night, right? Because we have our boundaries and our foundations to fall back on. That is so important. So ask yourself, what can you do to be consistent in your food choices to eat well always? That way you can really understand what's going on in your body. And as you're running your business, as you're going through your day-to-day job, you're not just eating whatever fucking comes around because that's not the way you create positive change and that's not the way you stay healthy. So really, really, really think about that and think about how that applies to your life. And I promise it's going to make a huge difference in finding that balance. Okay, so the final tip that I have for you is to be led by your goals and moved forward by your overall dream, right? So I think this is an interesting play between what you want and let's say the short term or maybe even long term, but then what's like your big picture dream? So how can you create a balance between those two, right? So let's say your goal is to make $100,000 in a year, but your dream is to retire at 35 and be able to travel the world. Okay, so now you have two different things, right? So it's like you're playing with your short term, which is maybe perhaps more numbers oriented or working backwards from, let's say that $100,000 figure, but the vision or the dream is what kind of shapes all the actions, right? So I like to think of it as like, um, what do they call those things? A hot air balloon, right? So it's like you have the hot air balloon and like the balloon itself is the dream, but then below it is like the goals hanging in the basket. And the goals are what get us to create this bigger picture. And I think sometimes it's like, I have seen in the space, in the wellness space, or just with a lot of people I've worked with, right? It's like either they've got the goals or they've got the dream, but there's no link between the two. So I want you to think about what are the daily actions, the monthly actions, and let's say the semi-annual actions that you need to do in order to reach your goal. But then what do you like 
trying to accomplish in the world? What does that dream look like to you? And don't be afraid of reaching the dream, right? I got to this point this year where like I had accomplished so much and I don't say this to like toot my own horn because I don't think it's about that. It's more just like I got in this mindset after doing the Ironman that I basically realized anything is possible and I'm completely in control. And so what I did with that is I just kind of went crazy on all these other goals. Like I got my 200 hour yoga certification. Um, I saved up enough money to like not have to work for a few years, um, which I had been working on for a while. I started selling out all of my cycling classes. I completely maxed out my training capacity with um, all the coaching that I do. You know, I just I did a whole array of things and it doesn't really matter what I did. I worked on a lot of personal goals, but I accomplished them. And then now it's like, I'm in this place where like my dreams are coming true. Like I can do what I set out to do. I can go and travel and like explore and live the life I've always wanted and work remote and enjoy myself and enjoy the fruits of my labor. Right. And it's like, Sometimes we're afraid because we get caught in the goals and we don't really think, well, what is the actual dream? Or we see the dream, but it's like we don't feel that we can actually accomplish it. So we just kind of hold back. And then when it's starting to come forward and it's starting to manifest and it's starting to happen, it's like we'll push back on that dream with resistance. So I want you to really lean into not just your goals, but your dream and how the two play together, right? How does structure, which is where the goals come in, flow with the dream, which is a little bit more fluid, right? Like how do those move together? And I want you to really think about that. So when you do that, then you can kind of decide like how your work-life balance feels to you. And that's why I created this podcast. So I really hope you enjoyed those tips and hopefully they were helpful to you. And I'm just so happy that you were here with me. If you enjoyed the podcast today, feel free to just share it with someone that maybe is a little burnt out or maybe they're going a little too hard or perhaps they're starting their own business and they just want a resource from someone who has gone through similar things themselves. And if you would like to leave a review, please feel free. I would love nothing more than to share one of those reviews on the other side of the next episode. So thank you so much for tuning into the Wholehearted Glow podcast. And I challenge you to make today an amazing, beautiful day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Wholehearted Glow podcast today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you liked what you heard, feel free to write a review. I would love, 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 love to hear from you. And if you would like to connect on Instagram, I am at wholehearted underscore glow. Lots of daily shenanigans going on there, but also like real life stuff, coaching stuff, fitness stuff. So anything you need, that is the place to contact me directly. And I will speak with you soon.